Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. I am one of your co-hosts tonight, Kim Hannon, and I co-own Suki No Float Center in Salt Cave in Southern Indiana with my husband, Graham. And uh, our ideal client, our best client, is really the tired uh, moms. They're coming to see us because they're just exhausted. They don't know how to care for themselves, and um, that's primarily who's coming to see us. I would say that our... I'm Dylan. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon. And I would say that our um, highest, like best customer and most common customer would be middle-aged women, not necessarily moms, but just around, I would say the 50-year the mark seems to be our uh, top client. And I'm Gloria Morris with Float 60. And we definitely have had kind of a niche with athletes and people that are very active in the wellness community. We're definitely viewed as a recovery uh, modality more than anything. And this is Drew from New Hampshire Float. I would say I'm a toss up between not just stressed out uh, moms, but stressed out parents, at least anecdotally in the last like year since I reopened after being shut down in the pandemic. Parents, I would say, are like, right there with the yogi crowd, if you will. Um, but stressed out parents, I visibly notice and hear that quite a bit. And I have a bunch of members where one person will float while the other one stays home and then the other one comes in and floats. So um, that's a big one. I, I, mean, I don't have kids, but I imagine it was not easy during the pandemic. Maybe even some people are still at home, right? So stressed out parents for the win. For the win. And we have some pretty awesome guests tonight. We had so much fun recently with uh, Graham and Ashcon from Float On. So we've asked them to come back tonight. So you guys, who's your best client? Yeah, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, despite really trying to figure that out, we have completely failed every time <laughs> that we have attempted it. Um, I've done interviews with all of our top members. We've gone through demographic information that we've collected from our floaters over the years. And um, I, I, maybe it's the way we market our center or, or something kind of about our, our own, like, float personality. But our demographics are all over the place, even among our kind of top members. Uh, the reasons they come in and their age groups are totally disparate. So we have been completely unable to answer that question, <laughs> even for ourselves. I mean, all I could think of while you guys were saying your answers was people who love floating i'm like i just you know the people who are floating are our best customers like they just there's just certain people that it really clicks with and it's just like life-changing for them and it's sort of amazing it's you know i i can't always pinpoint it like i can't like look at someone and be like oh yeah this person's gonna be a floater for life and then other people like you know i've had like a ton of my friends float after doing this for so long and like even amongst the people i know well in my own personal life we're sorry, we're just getting right into it. But like, even yeah. into it, <laughs> even amongst them, like you know, some people be like, "Yeah, that was nice," and other people were like, "Yeah, I bought a membership at the closest float center to my house." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." Um, so yeah, it's 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 sort of amazing. It's just you know, there's something deep inside certain people that it's just like, bam, they're they're floaters. Which is why we recommend if you're trying to base your ads on demographics, you just take out ads that say, "Would you become a member?" Like, do, do, you, do you think that you would become a member? You should definitely try this out. And that's usually, I think, going to be your best converting ad. 
like I'm not a huge Facebook fan, but since they added that button, our our rates have gone up quite a bit. Our memberships have gone up since the Will You Become a Member button. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. This is a contractual that. obligation. That's, that's the new the new call to action. Our new CPAs. Yeah. We don't care about giving you a discount. Are you gonna yeah. sign up and give us money every month? Never. Yeah. So if you can't uh, oh sorry, Kim, I'll let you. No, it's completely fascinating to me because if you uh, dive into the data between your booking system, understanding your members, understanding you know who your clients are on social media, who's following you there, sometimes you get a different picture. Um, sometimes the audience that is following you may not be the ones who are your most loyal customers as far as coming into the center. We have a huge following of folks who follow, follow us on social media, but some of them still haven't come in. We have one woman that... Whew. she she comments on every single post saying she's going to call us soon or she'll ask a question that she's asked us a million times or her latest is great information. That's what she comments on, like everything that we post. And so we have to also remember to take your social media data, look at who is following you and then figure out how do you convert that person to get them to come into your center, but also to recognize that who is already coming in may not follow you on social media. And so finding your own way to collect that data is a really important piece so that you can make some decisions. And it might be that you are in a melting pot that you have a whole bunch of everybody there. So pretty interesting to hear, you know, how different things are. Yeah. Is that a good sign that you have, you're not really sure exactly who your demographic is. That might be a good sign, right? It's like, um, it's everybody. Yeah, uh, I mean, yes we, and no. Yeah, what do you guys think? <laughs> well, we always kind of we're like glass half full kind of guys, you know. So uh, yeah, I, I think that's good. Um, I mean, well, it's interesting. So I mean, if we are kind of just hopping into it, you know, I mean, we've taught uh, you know a bunch of float centers who have opened up and um, done consulting on marketing. And one of the weirdest things that I found early on when we first started doing like consulting, which was that the things that worked for us. And like even like this idea of like demographics are for everyone don't apply across the board, you know, um, like there aren't really universals in not only the float industry, but business in general. Right. Like one of my my favorite stupid dad jokes to tell um, during the apprenticeship is uh, like, who's the who's the target market of a hat store? Right. Well, it's anyone with a head, theoretically. But within that, there's so many different types of hat stores, right? There's places that, like, only sell, like, baseball gear. There's places that actually sell, like, really high-class stuff. There's, like, custom-tailored hats. There's, right? And so it's it's kind of like I, I feel almost like the personality and the interests of the owners and what they're trying to get across with the float center can't help but impact what kind of demographics they ultimately pull in, you know? Um, yeah, even down to, like, the most extreme example is a float center that for a while, over 50% of their um, kind of uh, their their attendees coming in were uh, in the service, like, in some kind of, um, like, they were police or uh, ex-military or current military or, you know, they were really going after um, kind of, yeah, just service people in that sense. Um, and it showed. And, <laughs> like, their demographics were insanely skewed, right? So, yeah. anyway, yeah, I, I think it, it, I don't know what that says about us. <laughs> that everyone's coming in, but I do think it's interesting that it, it can and is so different across the board. Well, I also think that it's important to have, you know, the net cast to these individual kind of personas, regardless if you think you have a dominant demographic or not, because you still want to fish in other ponds, right? There's still an ability to target, you know, a stressed out mom or an athlete or 
you know, someone that's a teacher and you can have all these individual type of campaigns, but you, you've got to kind of quantify what your largest population of opportunity is, but be prepared for different messaging. So one of the things that I kind of look back on and regret is when we first opened, we were collecting all types of information in this intake form, right? And we never really, um, I, I pride myself on collecting data, right? But did we do anything with it? No. And I remember at the float conference in 2018, when I did a marketing talk, I said like our next phase, our 2.0 was going to be doing that very thing having campaigns that kind of targeted these different personas and demographics. Have we done it successfully? No, we haven't. So it's still an ongoing opportunity, I think, to, you know, really kind of see who responds to those different types of campaigns because we do have a broad appeal, right? I'm curious. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to do another terrible ad segue if I can. Before we get to my question, I want to talk about Helmbot for a little bit here. Actually, you know what? <laughs> Actually, I want to listen to to Helmbot. I want to listen and hear about Helmbot. Um, and if if I may, um, there's something that I didn't realize. I've been talking about it, but I don't know the details of it. Which is just if somebody isn't already using Helmbot, I know that you could always do the the tour. And so we had like somebody on the phone walking us through Helmbot, and they could show everything that it could do and and how it would work for us. But I believe there's a demo now as well where like you can actually start using Helmbot before you sign up. Is that accurate? And can you tell me more about it? Yeah, for sure. Um, so we, yeah, we do uh, have the ability to kind of create a, a demo Helm that's pre-populated with data. Um, the problem like in the early days was that we, uh, the Helm is so robust and there's so many things you need to do to, to set it up properly. that if you just give someone a blank Helm, uh, it's totally, it's like teaching someone how to draw by giving them like a blank piece of paper and a pen. You're like, cool, make art. And they're like, I don't even know what art is. <laughs> uh, so that was really uh, cumbersome. So yeah, we do, we do, do have a demo helm. Um, it's still nice to take a tour and actually just get a little preview around what the system looks like. Um, but now we actually, even all of the tours that we do, we, we start out with this kind of um, pre-generated demo helm uh, that we create so that we can see what it looks like for... Uh, you know, a float center that's actually in action or, you know, if you're offering many different types of services, actually already seeing the customers and things like that. So, and then you can just keep playing with it. So, you know, uh, some people like that sort of hands-on right. guided information and other people want to dive in and, you know, sure. click the buttons and twist the knobs and see what everything does. And so we, we kind of like create it and leave it with you and you can, you can test it out and try to, you know, set your stuff up in there and see how you like it and just, just. We also let people, uh, while you're in kind of mid-construction before you're actually open, just use the helm. Like we, we don't like to charge people until they're actually open and making money. Cool. Um, and so it, we just find it really handy as a thing to use for construction. It's got this whole project management thing in it for uh, tracking tasks and projects and all that sort of stuff, which is really, really useful during construction. And so we always thought that was kind of just like a nice, like, hey, use this during construction, get some utility out of it, and simultaneously get used to the system and and see if it works for you. Because that's, I mean, that's honestly what we want. That's what I want. When I'm, this software is so like, when you're looking for business class software, it's such a bigger product than consumer class software. It usually just does so much more and you're so much more reliant on it. Yeah. And what I want more than anything is for people to just like really take a moment, really make sure the software you're choosing is the one that's going to work for you. If it's the Helm, that's great. If it's not, that's also great. I'd also just rather have people find software that works with their business model 
even if it's not the helm, just because like life is so much easier for you if the, the software running your entire business works well for you. So we just wanted to at least do our part towards that and let people like really have a chance to get used to the system and familiar with it and make sure that it's the right fit. Man, that is cool. And I wanted to make a joke about how you're ripping off all the other uh, software companies doing that exact same thing. Like, oh, you clearly got inspired by everybody who's giving you their software for free for several months to use while you're <laughs> opening. But nobody's doing that. That is so stinking cool, you guys. I love it. Well done. Um, I certainly couldn't have given a better ad read than that. Thank you guys very much. Where do they want to go? Where should they look into this? Oh, yeah. Go to uh, GrahamAndAshcon'sGoodTimes.com. <laughs> and uh, that should just redirect you over to Helmbot.com, which, of course, is where you actually want to go to learn more. That's right. Helmbot. It's a friend to you and me. <laughs> oh, is that the new tagline? I've always wanted a tagline to say. A friend to you and me. I got it. I got it. It is now. friend to you and me. Great. Um, and that's is it Helmbot.com forward slash Whirly, Whirly Ball? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Any of our websites, if you add slash Whirly Ball afterwards, we'll make you a Whirly Ball dedicated page. <laughs> I love it. Oh, now I have to remember what the heck I was going to ask you guys. So you were talking about um, who you are influences who you're attracting into your center. And you guys have grown to the point where you have managers at your float center. You've been open 11 years now. Um, how has it passed on to management and to whoever's in charge of your social media and marketing, email blasts, all that stuff to um, maintain that core ideal that you guys have on to the next group of people? Um, I think something Gloria and I talk about um, and I'm sure Kim talks about it as well. I don't want to put words in Kim's mouth um, is, you know, as, as I step away, I feel like I have less inf influence on that character and there is more here are the demographics I'm targeting and going into, um, you know, whether it's Facebook or Google ads or whatever, and, and thinking about those demographics more, but it sounds like you guys have a different approach altogether and it's more about passing on the spirit. I, am I totally, am I on the right page at all yeah so i mean like that's a it's, a it's obviously a huge question i'm sure just the idea of passing on the baton um could be its own sure. you know, entire podcast ten episodes yeah series. 10 episodes <laughs> series yeah for sure like a winston churchill biography of world war ii or something but yes. um the uh yeah so like just kind of limiting that to the marketing and and especially trying to find the people um who we're trying to reach out to and, and kind of language to use you know for um for those customer bases um yeah i it's interesting. It involves a lot of, I would say, uh, just trust and initial oversight. You know, when we're pulling people on, we really like to encourage them to do things on their own and, and take that leap of faith. And even if it's different than what we would do, kind of make it their own. But definitely, like at the beginning, we're also looking over their shoulder and like, you know, they're running things by us. So if they make a Facebook ad and we're like, Actually, that seems like really kind of off color, and you probably shouldn't put that out there. You know, uh, they learn from that. Like I, we also try to cultivate this sense, uh, which I think helps a lot. Where if we're giving someone constructive feedback or being negative, it doesn't mean that they're a step away from the cutting block, or or you know that they're in trouble or anything like that. Like it's just so they can do better the next time around. Um, so it's a lot of that. Like no one, when you turn over control of any system is going to do things the way you are, and that's like half the balance. But even if they do things different, uh, there is also like some coaching that goes into making sure mm -hmm. that you at least feel confident with it, you know? So it, it wasn't like an immediate thing. It was more like a year, year and a half turnover where we slowly got more comfortable with that idea. And I, I think even, I mean, in, in relation to like demographics and kind of the, 
the oh, right. core of what we're trying to talk about, what we're supposed <laughs> to be talking sorry, about here. Sorry. Welcome to our um, podcast. This is what we do. <laughs> I think, I, I mean, it feels like our, I guess we, we have a, a sort of different approach, I think, than a lot of other people in terms of, you know, this this question of what is your, like, key demographic? Like, what what is the most, like, you know, potent group of people that you should be spending your time marketing to? I think what I've come out of it with is, like, you, you know, there's probably, like, tons of different people that we could be successfully marketing to. Mm -hmm. And, like, am I, I, I'm not even sure I'm as concerned that one group is going to be 4% better than this other group. And so instead, I think what we try to take inspiration from is the people that we want to reach out to, you know? Like, when Graham and I first started, we wanted to do a cool art program, and it's not like we sat there, crunched the numbers, and we're like, artists, that's our key demographic, which is like, hey, it'd be freaking cool to have artists in here. So we launched an art program, and, and that was, you know, drawing that type of people in. And I think there's just enough people interested in floating in almost any sort of, like, direction you can take it like that. Uh, and so when we have things like managers or other people, I think what we like to do is just take advantage of the fact that they have other interests than we do, mm. and that they might be interested in reaching out to a group of people that's different than the group of people that we would be interested in reaching out to. And if we were to try to reach out to that group, not really knowing much about the community or any sort of that stuff, we'd probably fail. Like we would suck at knowing exactly what to say or what maybe the how to phrase the benefits that that would be geared towards them. And you kind of have this like, you know, advantage all of a sudden of having a different people with a different person with different interests who might be able to, uh, you know, help bring floating to a different group than than we would be able to. So how? How does that like a how like how specific is it? Is like I'm really big into LARPing and I want to get the LARPing community <laughs> in Portland into float tanks. Is it like that specific? And also, is it like employee who works 12 hours a week can create an ad? My guess is no. Like there's I assume a certain core group of people that are able to create ads, or is it one? Per, I mean, you guys <laughs> yeah. do things differently. You I do. mean, the specific yeah. thing. Sometimes I feel like people are on this sort of like quest for the normal person you know it's like that's great that i have like you know larpers coming in but i really just want like normal people to be coming in or that's great that i have like you know swimmers or volleyball players or whatever and i kind of like hey you know like no, there are no normal people like everybody has some sort of interest or something that they're doing or something that they're like spending their time kind of passionate about and it's you can reach out in these kind of acute ways and they're still going to tell other people that they interact with. And, you know, it's, there's not just some totally plain interestless person who does absolutely nothing with their free time out there that is like this dream kind of blank person you're trying to reach. Sure. So I, I don't get too worried about even the, what level of specificity is. You know, if it's a really small community, if it's a really big community, I just think that like having some sort of relatable way of connecting to people like that is going to help just, you know, floating spread because they're, they're going to talk to all sorts of other people. And just to hop right into and and uh, also kind of answer your question, Dylan, about how we decide and turn this over to to our actual staff members is actually we so we have a task generator in the helm uh, <laughs> that kicks on two or three times a week that literally is to our staff that says, "Hey, send us interesting content from the shop, whether that's like a picture from our float journal or like uh, just like an actual like uh, dictated conversation they had with a customer or you know a photo of something new they're doing around the shop for cleaning or a new product or whatever." So actually, like, a lot of our social media content in general is created by not only our managers or anyone who's, like, into social media, but just by our shop staff. And then we'll take that content and reprocess it and sometimes even turn that into ads, too. So, yeah, it's not like our shop employees are creating ads, but actually, like, a lot of our, our content that is going out both in kind of raw social media and in our ads is in some way just generated by the interests of 
the people who are currently working our shop. And we that's would so probably cool. let anybody do a program with almost anything if they were interested <laughs> in it. Like, you know, like, that's really, it's just like, hey, if someone in our shop is passionate about doing, like, if someone came to us and said, hey, I want to, like, do this program for lepers, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. You if you're into it, lepers, like, go yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, why either one, you know, whatever. Yeah. If someone's passionate, <laughs> those things seem, like, really harsh on, like, <laughs> <laughs> It could be great. Who oh, knows? yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? What happened. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's on it. Like, we don't, we're not going to just, like, take someone and force them to do, be like, you're running this project now. Um, and we're also similarly not going to, like, pretty much stop anybody from doing something if they approach us with an idea that they're interested in. And no other questions. Great. Um, do you, sorry, I didn't want to like totally um, dominate this, but uh, do you, it, it seems like you guys have a skill set in empowering employees to want to come with you with, I have ideas, I want to take on projects. Do, do you feel that's the case or is it, that's our idea, but it, it doesn't actually manifest as much as maybe you'd like? Oh, no, if anything, I wish our employees would shut up now. Like, we've done too good a job. Like, there's too many actual ideas coming in now. And, like, if they could please just be quiet for a few weeks, I that'd love be great. It. Um, yeah, I, mean, I would like advice on that. I love that. I, yeah, I, I would love it to create, be a problem. How, how do you foster that community is the How question. do you foster that problem? I think part of I mean, I, I guess I want to start by saying it's not like there's we never have like any difficulties <laughs> running a float center with people, you know. Like, obviously, yeah. running a float center is still hard. Obviously, there's still, like, financial realities to consider and there are just some points where we're like nope sorry like we have to do it like this for this reason or another and like it's just sort of the way it has to be or times where we have maybe differences of opinion and stuff like that so it's not not everything is some sort of ideal perfect rainbow filled landscape just in case we're we're kind of really giving you that perspective well thanks for bursting our like it i mean i i think honestly the, the thing that has helped us really like get good at that is it's one of the things we're most passionate about like just from a, even a non-float perspective like ashcon and i kind of bonded over like in theater and you know in business this idea of truly empowering people and letting them contribute you know like this idea that like being a machine is perhaps the least valuable thing that a human being has to offer in their job and taking advantage of this giant brain, this huge creative force that we have behind us. Like if you can figure out how to take advantage of that inside of your employees, like that's really where working with human beings is, is valuable and like the greatest things that we have to offer. And so it's been a lot of trial. I mean, we've gotten a lot of <laughs> stuff wrong. Like we've definitely given people way too much rope like enough to kind of hang themselves with because they were unable to execute on ideas they had, you know? So we've kind of figured out some lessons over time as well, but it is a lot of that. It's yeah. a lot of like making people not feel bad about tossing the ideas out there and also making them not feel bad when we shoot those ideas down. And it, it keeps us on our toes too. Like one of the best things about it is when we're challenged, we have to justify our own beliefs and try not to like give in to cognitive dissonance, you know, like really examine them and be like, is what you're saying better than how we're doing things and just kind of be honest with ourselves and the business because we found so many things like so so many things over the years that are just our opinion and are actually worse you know and it takes <laughs> us maybe like six times of being challenged on the same thing before we're like you know this keeps coming up maybe we need to re-examine our own beliefs on this subject right um we so also yeah. like to hire i mean uh, like the the top top thing we look for when hiring people is if they like floating you know and that that is like our top criteria and it, it, when we kind of approach it like that, when the people who are in our shop uh, have sort of a natural passion for it, a lot of times they also just have, you know, they're excited to work there. They want to, like, 
share floating with other people. They want to they have their own cool ideas, and you can do a little bit more of uh, trying to like get out of the way rather than sort of mm -hmm. focusing nice. on on kind of boosting people up. Man, I gotta say, this conversation took a different turn than I anticipated <laughs> when we were talking about target demographics, and I think this is a arguably cooler way to talk about target demographics and how how you're propelled to bring people into your shop is really cool. I want to open up and just make sure Kim, Gloria, Drew, do you have any questions for these guys? They've got some great answers so far. <laughs> we got some crazy yeah. answers, you know, yeah. You're probably not, for, not the people with They're the most inspired. normal responses to demographics. What was that? I'm sorry. Oh, I just, we, we, I think we have like not the most normal opinions yeah. on demographics, so... I find that fascinating. But I think there's this, the, the organic side of it of, you know, see what kind of people vibe with your people. And I think that's going to happen whether you're intentional about it or not yeah, more sure. so if you are, but if somebody, you know, is an athlete and they're just there for athletic recovery and they walk into your center and the person who's there is talking about, you know, transcendental meditation or meditation, or they're talking about reaching a higher state of consciousness immediately, that person's like, Oh, this isn't the place for me. And I think no matter what your vibe and what people are going to talk about, that's a big piece of, of marketing. And I am personally very passionate about the organic side of things that, you know, the message that you're putting out there starts with that feeling that people get just from hearing your people, hearing you at your center and just kind of getting a, a feel for who you are and how you show up. So your employees, you know, we, we didn't necessarily think this conversation was going to go there, but I think your, your team at your site, that is really one of the biggest pieces of your marketing toolbox that you have is just that personality piece of it. So it's really cool to hear you say that though. Yeah, and if I may, you say you empower the employees with such ease. It's awesome. And I hope to someday feel like that. And as someone new to empowering employees, it's really difficult to go from running the shop 24-7 to empowering employees to do some of this stuff. So for those of you who are largely running your shop alone or um, yeah, maybe just a single person operating it, um, it is a difficult thing, but it is awesome when you empower your employees to do things. It is awesome. And Drew, I want to throw that back really quickly. At the 2019 conference, I think it was, I spoke on that about employee uh, mindful employee onboarding. And that was one of the big pieces is about that employment and allowing your employees to have uh, a voice in what you're doing. If you're inviting them in to take care of your baby, let them actually take care of your baby. They have such a big role in that. Um, but floatconference.com. It's coming up August 27th <laughs> through August 29th. If you guys want to go, it's going to be pretty awesome. Well, I'll be there. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> I'll, I'll be, be there. there. Before we totally wrap up, I just want to give another shout out to our other sponsor, Isopod. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. It's i-sopod.com if you want to look into Isopod float tanks. We had an Isopod in our float center for years and as soon as we knew we were going to replace one of our older floatarium float tanks we knew it was going to be with an isopod because we just know that they're one of the friendliest float tanks when float uh, excuse me when customers open the lid or when they see the float tank it's something that they're open to getting into and at the same time on the back end these things are built like tanks uh, they have incredible plumbing systems and filtration systems built into these float tanks that um, I can't recommend enough. Isopod, I-S-O-P-O-D.com is where you want to go and tell them Art of the Float sent you. Um, let's see here. 
Graham and Eshkan, I feel like what you've said has been really amazing already. Is there anything you want to leave us with? Any uh, special tidbits about, well, obviously our very specific target demographic topic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I really recommend that, uh, you know, I would say I, of all of the different demographics we've hit, probably people who are into Whirly Ball might actually be one of the best <laughs> things to market to. That's Helmbot.com slash Whirly Ball. If you want to do some Whirly Ball research, though, you know, what better place to do it than the float conference out in Milwaukee? There's going to be right. an entire float Whirly Ball tournament going on. Anyway, yeah. demographic research. Probably nothing better. Come out to the float conference. No, that's, that's, and I'm just going to say that a float after Whirly Ball, that's the ultimate recovery. Like, you're, yeah, you get to revisit you're all your it. shots. Yeah. You're going to need whirly it. Bugs. They're called Whirly Bugs, by the way, not bumper cars. <laughs> I didn't say that earlier. Oh, my God. Nerdy, but just so you know, they have their own specific car. Yeah, you didn't mention that last week. Um, that's it, though. That's the last thing that I think we wanted to say. Yeah, that makes sense. Ashkan, would you, you signing off on that? <laughs> I feel pretty good about yeah. Whirly Ball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 no, I, uh, I have another great. serious thing to say. Oh, please. Like, uh, oh. The other, the other thing oh. that I feel like I, when people get caught up in demographic, I'm just jumping right back into one last thing here. When people get I caught up in demographics, there. <laughs> I, sometimes the only thing that I get nervous of is that people really will just try to chase the like most profitable. Like, okay, well, I'm just going to hit people with this much income oh sure and one thing that we've always liked to do at float on is try to have some level of accessibility for other people too so people can at float on you can like volunteer to work uh volunteer at a nonprofit in portland we have like a list of volunteer or nonprofits that we like in the city and we like if you track your hours there you can we like, give people free floats based off of them volunteering at nonprofits and uh you know bartering and all that sort of stuff and so you know, once we do that, we notice that our demographics open up to things mm. like college students and all mm. sorts of other people that, that, uh, so just as long as you don't let the feedback kind of think like, oh, well, clearly nobody from college is interested in floating. It might just right. be that it's not accessible to them. It and right. if you can make it accessible, they will <laughs> come in and, you know, maybe they'll find that they like it so much that it's worth budgeting into their limited budget and getting memberships and stuff like that too. So my one pitch on, on just trying to like, you know, ex expand those horizons a little bit. And generally, that is actually really good. I'm just going to piggyback on that for one more point, too. <laughs> only is... jokes. Only jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so two yoga practitioners walk into the listener. Um, no, so the, uh, I will say, though, the, like, in, even more generally, I do find people are, like, convinced that some group is their target oh. market sometimes. And it's like you look at their advertising and, like, you know, let's just say it's, it's like yoga, like people who are into yoga, they're like, man, like, you know, 30% of my customers are, are yoga practitioners, right? And you look at all their marketing and it's like all tar targeted towards yoga practitioners. Oh, and demographics funny. on Facebook are all yoga practitioners. And, you know, you wonder how much that's a positive feedback cycle, right? Um, so it is the hard, the hard thing about analyzing your demographics, actually. Like when you first open, if you're doing totally neutral advertising, and not offering any incentives is almost like the best time to get a sense of who naturally comes in. But that's also people who like new things. It's I don't even know. I don't know how to find demographics. I don't know why you're listening to us right now. Yeah, just talk myself back around. I love okay, but it. But that was the Great. last thing that that's I had to say. We're, we're done. Now we're done. We're all now done. we're done. Perfect. And that's how you choose your target demographic. Thank you guys <laughs> so much. <laughs> it's just that easy. Yeah. God, we can make that concrete for you. Uh, and Ashcon will be speaking at the float conference, so you can get more wise words, bits of information about uh, Ashcon. 
<clears throat> and Graham. Graham is. Oh, Gra oh, you're together. both going up on stage at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or separately. I know that's the first it's time we've done that. That just means it's going to be a spectacle. Like, like, I'm, that is very exciting. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, we'll okay, be giving cool. a talk together. Um, thank you guys. Thank both of you so much for being here tonight. Thanks again for, for coming back this week. We had so much fun last time. I really appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Kevin, you know, it's the like next a... week, or what are we talking yeah. about here? How many you know, um, about <laughs> that. The, the Weekly <laughs> Solutions <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, the art of the weekly float. <laughs> we're just going to take your, your episodes and splice ourselves into them and then re-relaunch re re them. them. They're like, yeah, no, we're, we're an art of the float all the time. So tune in next week for... <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm very okay with that. Um, no, awesome, guys. Thanks. Thank yeah, you so no, much honestly, for thanks us. for having us. It's yeah. a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. It, Always it's, fun to hang out with you guys. Yeah. It, uh, the float, float conference is going to be fun. This is going to be uh, so much more of this. <laughs> Seeing the float people again, this is going to be good. Uh, thanks to my co-hosts. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Axel Rose over there, Kim, Gloria, thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And um, thanks to Helmbot for supporting us. Thanks so much to Isopod for supporting us, Mindful Solutions. And thanks to everybody supporting us on Patreon as well. Truly appreciate it. Thanks to Olga so much for producing our show. And I think that's it. Thanks for listening. I love it uh, that you guys are willing to tune in each and every week and lis listen to this kind of content. It's crazy, but uh, it certainly does help uh, help the wheels turn. Um, let's see here. Until next time, seriously, get, get your float conference tickets. It's, it's getting close to the float conference. Get your tickets. We'll see you next week.